Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We've been uh, discussing human sexuality and what the Bible says about it. It is what our culture calls uh, Gay Pride Month here in June 2019, and uh that this is is such a cultural moment for us. The church has to know how to respond. Uh, we have to know how to speak the truth in love, um, and have both of those um, aspects, as the scripture says. So, uh, we started talking about transgenderism yesterday. Um, so, let me just ask this question: uh, Nancy Piercy um, said in her book "Love Thy Body," is there a teleology of the body that we are called to respect? And probably first we better define the term teleology. Um, is, there a, is there an end? Is there a purpose of the body and in the way that the body is designed? Is, is that a fair way to define teleology, brothers? Yeah, telos, right? Telos, the yeah. end. Yep. Yeah, end meaning purpose yep. or goal for which you, you've, you've been designed and created. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer from, from for the Christian and well for all people, because we're we're all created by a good and loving God, the answer is absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a teleology of the body that we are called to respect. Uh, that uh, there is a there is a givenness about being male or female. Um, that uh, that we are called to respect and that, and that we're called to submit to. Um, and so, I, and I just want to say a pastoral word because I think it's particularly in this issue when it comes to transgenderism, uh, it's really important to approach this with love and with respect, for, even for, you know, respect for people that we may profoundly disagree with as Christians. Because you know, I, I would say to any person who you know, wonders, are they transgendered? Was I, you know, here I am, I, I'm trapped in a male body, but I'm really female, or I'm trapped in a female body, but I'm really male. Um, I, I want to say, and, and gently and firmly, no, uh, you're not trapped. Uh, God has made you, and God has given you a sexual nature. Be patient and, and seek, seek the Lord first. Uh, and and as, as with a lot of other issues in life, a lot of things begin to come clear if you set aside the issue that's looming so large in front of you, and it may look like the biggest thing, it may look like this giant mountain in front of you that needs to be dealt with, and I've got to do something about this. No, Christ is in front of you. Seek him. Seek him first. And that's where you'll discover your true nature is in knowing him. And, and I, I, I would warn you, and I believe this is true not just in this area, but in so many others, that you're not going to find your true nature apart from Christ. And in some kind of a deception that the world's going to give you, oh, you know, just, just get this gender thing fixed and you'll be happy. You'll be fulfilled. Well, no. Seek Christ first. 
Uh, we'll come back to that, but maybe one of you other mm-hmm. guys wants to chime in here. I think we have to be careful, too, that uh, certain people you know, who are environmentally I mean, there are certain environments, there are certain even personalities. I mean, there's, you know, you, you hear the words, you know, back in the day, we talk about a girl being a tomboy. You know, that didn't mean she, she was, uh, you know, a transgender, you know, a, you know, trapped in a, a boy trapped in a girl's body or yep. anything like that. I grew up, you know, I can remember uh, somebody, somebody in my family family referred to me as a lover, not a fighter. Does that mean that I wasn't male? Right. Uh, you know, and I think that w- sometimes people push people into those categories where they begin to uh, question uh, the realities of what God has created them to be. Mm-hmm. And, and so environment sometimes plays a part into where we push people. You know, um, you, know you, you see that oftentimes with someone that may have more effeminate qualities, you know, where they push, oh, you're really, you're just gay, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, they, and they begin to use those words around them. And so uh, that person ends up questioning, mm-hmm. you know, the way they're made. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we need to be careful about those things. Yeah. You know, I, we said a few days ago that the dominant epistemology today, epistemology is just how do we know that we know, justification of knowledge. The dominant epistemology today is how I feel right, rather right. than what is true. Right. And so when we come to this idea of transgenderism and someone's feelings don't line up with their physiology, mm-hmm. that's difficult. And I, I, I kind of personally convinced that, okay, before we deal with that second order question of your physiology, let's deal with the first order question of truth itself. Yes. Can, can I share just a little quick story? Sure. I was sharing with my cousin the gospel here a couple weeks ago. He, he's not a believer. He moved – He. Uh, was visiting here from Washington, and I was witnessing to him. I was trying to get to the gospel, and I said, "Well, what do you think happens, you know, to people when they die? I mean, why, on what ground do you think you could stand before God?" You know, and he said, "Well, I think if I'm a, as long as I'm a pretty good person and my good things outweigh my bad things." So I just stopped. I said, "Okay, well, what do you mean by good?" Um, I mean, we live in a culture right now where you know there's. The, the Democrats who are saying it's good to allow women to choose to kill their babies, the Republicans are saying it's good to stop the abortion of babies. They're both using good in a, in a diametrically opposed way. What's good? And so then I immediately went to, I asked the question, is slavery good? He said, no. Has slavery ever been good? No. Is slavery good over in China? No. So that's an omnipresent eternal truth, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I said, where did that truth come from? Right. You know, and and that's just a quick little picture of an apologetic method in terms of, again, getting at someone's presuppositions. Mm -hmm. In order to even talk to someone about their feelings, you need to reintroduce them, I think, to, to what truth is itself. Yeah. Where are you getting your standard of truth? Yeah. And that, and let me, let me lead us from there back into the issue of transgenderism, that there's a belief that there's a belief that each person, and it's a false belief in our world today that each person has this authentic self, which is somewhere buried in your body, mm-hmm. but that self is distinct from your body. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. And by the way, that's a very ancient belief. That's, <laughs> yeah, not, a, that's not a new belief. That's, that's part of what's called Gnosticism. Yeah. And it's the idea that I have this spiritual, it's the idea that, that my spiritual self is trapped in the body. Mm-hmm. And the goal of life, and this was ancient Gnosticism, the goal of life is to liberate my uh, spirit 
which is trapped in my body. And this, this you'll hear the same language sometimes surrounding transgenderism. I'm, I'm really female, but I'm trapped in a male body. Mm-hmm. Or I'm really authentically uh, uh, male, but I'm trapped in a female body. And that's a false belief. Mm-hmm. God has designed you as a whole, as a, as, a, as a unity of body and spirit. And I would just encourage anybody who's struggling with this, and if you love somebody who's struggling with this, be patient. Uh, we suffer all kinds of confusions in this life. <laughs> Take hold of the way God has made you. And, and I don't mean subjectively, your inner feelings. I mean objectively, the body that God has given you. Um, and seek Christ first. Seek to know him. Seek to know God through Jesus Christ. And I'm convinced that other issues, you'll begin to have more peace with these other issues of how God has made you when you put the first things first. Mm-hmm. Put, put, put first God and his kingdom, as Jesus said. That's right. Okay, so um, when someone's feelings don't line up with their physiology, um, if that's a Christian, we remind them of their, you know, what the Bible says about their identity. If they're a non-Christian, do we offer them a different answer? Or how, how would you guys deal with that? Because I, I'm, we're off air and all of us have, actually yeah. I didn't share my story, but all of us have people right now who are connected to families in our churches who are transitioning yeah. from one gender to another. So how do we speak to the non-Christian about this? Yeah, I, I, let, me, let me just jump right in here briefly and then I'm gonna let, I think Jonathan wants to jump in here too. But that the gospel is always first. Right. And we have a tendency as Christians to want to get secondary things, which are very important. I'm not, I'm not by saying transgenderism, and, and if someone you know, believes that they are transgender, I'm not saying that that isn't important. It isn't vitally important. But get first things first. Mm-hmm. The gospel comes first. And, and the, that, our, that our hearts and our lives be submitted to Christ. And when, when that comes first, when, when we know that our fundamental identity as a Christian, you're a, as a Christian, you are a child of God, no other identity can, transpl- tran- can, can uh, push that aside or, or take the place of that fundamental identity in, in your life. And, and so just make sure that that, that comes first. And then when, when that's squared away, then we can talk about the transgender issue. Um, and, be- and begin to make make sense out of that. Um, anyway, go ahead, Jonathan. Uh, I was just going to say the re- the reality is is as Christians we're not so separated from the world that we don't experience and know people that are going through some of these same difficulties, whether they might be um, you know a related family member or somebody in the church. You know, you have these things, and I think your your, your point is well taken. You, know, you bring them to the gospel. I mean, really. All we have is the gospel, and and really, what we're it's a it's declarative. We can't, you know, we simply are stating the truth, you know, and the and the truth has its ability to set one free mm-hmm. when it's embraced, you know, free to be who God created them to be. That's right. Um, you know, and, you know, and Jesus says, "You'll know the truth, and the truth shall set you free." You're free to be what God wants you. to to be. But uh, the problem is, is when we're dealing with people who oftentimes are, 
you know, whether they're saying they're going to transition or they're feeling this way, you know, what they've done is they've put sovereignty in themselves mm-hmm. rather than in God. Yes. And, you know, the, and, and the, the problem is, and we see it even in, in our own sinful tendencies, you know, you see it in childhood. You know, the minute you say some, to somebody, don't, they want to do. And uh, and the the sovereign self will doesn't tolerate having its options limited by anything it doesn't choose, mm-hmm. and this and so really what I mean somehow we need to bring somebody to the sense of an accountability of God, to God. Mm-hmm. We know that we can't do that with all individuals. Yeah. We we can show them the dangers of living in their sovereign self, which yeah. is living in rebellion to God, right. yeah. and. The consequences of that, you know, we we do want to say, you know, you know, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Well, you know, and, there's, the, and there's the power of the gospel. So, the, Romans one sixteen says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Right. So, this witness, and and so, if you're struggling with how to communicate the gospel, consider again just these four categories: creation, fall, redemption, glory. How do we get here? Mm-hmm. God made you in mm-hmm. His image. Mm-hmm. Genesis one twenty seven to have a relationship with him, to have fellowship with him, to love and worship him. That is why you were made. What went wrong with the world? That's the fall question. Well, mankind rebelled against God and Adam and Eve passed that to all their posterity. So we are born in sin. We're born from birth in sin. That's why there's death in the world. Redemption, how would God make it right? By the way, that, that fall, that doesn't just end in death in the dirt, but that ends in eternal separation from God. Where will we be in, in health forever? What has God done about it? He loved the world. He sent his only son into the world, put on flesh, obeyed in every part where we couldn't obey and was punished in every part where we need to be punished, was crucified, dead, buried, rose again from the dead. And anyone who trusts in him, believes in him, repents of their sins, are promised everlasting life. I saw saw a... just a photograph uh, you know, on social media of a man that went around two barriers because he thought you know, he had the right of way on the road. He ends up in a sinkhole with his truck buried up uh, you know, to its hood in, in water. People don't like to be told not to do something. That's right. um, and even if we are trying to protect them from their own destruction. Yeah. Right. Well, this has been the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.